Side Hustle Show 201, the OPA plan, how to borrow other people's audiences to explode your sales. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. And now your host, Nick Loper. What's up, what's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. It's all about ideas, action, and results. Today, I want to share an idea with you you can put into action right away. And as far as results, my guest has earned over $9,000 with this method in just the last couple months. I'm joined by Joshua Lysik, who over the last five years of his freelance journey has increased his hourly rate 100x from that very first Fiverr gig all the way up to the four and five figure contracts he lands today. So stick around to hear the step-by-step method of how he's able to effectively borrow other people's audiences to get in front of his target customers, establish himself as an expert and most importantly, make sales. It's a really good one. There are quite a few example scripts and phrases that Joshua uses. So if you'd like to download the PDF highlight reel from this episode, you can do that. You can grab that for free at sidehustlenation.com slash OPA. OPA for other people's audiences. Before we dive in, I want to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. The all-new FreshBooks is transforming how freelancers, side hustlers, and small business owners like you deal with their day-to-day paperwork. The award-winning cloud accounting software has been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built to save you time, money, and headache. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. I'll be back to tell you a little bit more about FreshBooks, plus my top takeaways from this chat with Joshua after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. If you as a, as a freelancer, somebody who has a, a service that you sell, if you can put your pitch in front of a dozen people at a time who are a captive audience you know, or more than that, then that is a disproportionate win compared to the effort that you're putting in. So that's kind of the, the problem that this idea solves for, for freelancers is the, is the issue of consistent income. So the idea is, as a, as a freelancer, what, we, what, what I really am and what all freelancers are is merely a problem solver for hire. Let's talk a little bit about what that means. As a marketing strategist and freelance uh, direct response copywriter, my ideal client is not laying awake in the middle of the night saying, oh, if only we had a freelance direct response copywriter who would solve all our marketing challenges and offer all of our copywriting needs, you know, <laughs> solve those. That's, that's not where they're coming from. My, <laughs> my target market is, you know, a business owner who is struggling with uh, marketing campaigns they're not, that aren't converting. They're having trouble picking the right marketing channels to use in order to see ROI. And they're just generally frustrated that their online presence isn't getting them the heavy lifting when it comes to building a new customer base that they expected. So those are kind of the, the problems that I, as the, the freelancer, am sending out to solve. And this is true for web developers, life coaches, people who sell you know, products online, ebooks. I mean, essentially every service provider, as I said, is is a solution provider or, you know, a problem solver for hire. Absolutely. I, I really like that. Look at that kind of mindset shift from it, the clients aren't looking for me personally, they're looking for a solution to their problems. And how, how do I fit into that equation? Exactly. So here's the, the idea of the event. Really what it does is it starts with looking at who are some non-competing service providers? Right. So you get sorry. So you get the idea of okay. Well, how can I get in front of this target audience? How can I get in front of these potential clients? And 
And so this is where you say, okay, I'm going to find some non-competing service providers. Basically asking the question, well, who are they already doing business with that I can start a relationship with? Exactly, exactly. And it, it, it truly starts with knowing who your, you know, your target market is. So, you know, for, for web developers, maybe it's startups who are wanting to build out, you know, maybe some one of their first online applications. If you're, you know, a business coach or maybe a consultant, it's looking for, for people maybe who are more introverted, but they, they need to be getting out, pounding the pavement and whatnot. So, you know, thinking in terms of who your target market is, you know, the person who needs what you, what you do, like they have the problem that you're service solves that's the starting point so what what i did for this strategy is is ask myself okay non-competing service providers that means a company in my local area that serves the same target market that i do but with a different service so in in my case thinking about brick and mortar businesses that have an online presence that they're wanting to amplify you know amplify their marketing and their effectiveness of their digital strategy but they're having trouble with it I realized that a non-competing service provider would be a tax accountant, would be a CPA firm, would be those sort of uh, you know uh, companies that handle financials of you know my uh, my target market. So in that way, we have the target market in common. But that, and I say non-competing because they don't offer you know the marketing services, a marketing solution that uh, that I do. Right, and you don't do accounting. (laughs) No, that's right. Yeah. Okay. So you identify, you know, a half dozen CPA firms or you, you make a list of local accounting companies and then you call them up, you send them an email, like what, what's kind of, what happens next? Here's my, my frame of mind when I'm wanting to reach out to these non-competing service providers. What I don't want to do is just blast an email to them and say, hey, I offer this service. Would you like to have me in front of your clients pitching my services to your clients? <laughs> you know, that's that's not how I, I want to approach this at all. Yeah, they're like, who, who is this guy? Like, I don't know you. <laughs> right, right, right. What I want to do is I want to relate to the other, you know, the business owner, the accountant, the tax preparer, the bookkeeper. Uh, I want to relate to them and say, I understand what some of your clients are are going through. Maybe we have a collaboration here where we could both add value to them. I picked four local CPAs, uh, accountants, people who are, like I said, those non-competing service providers. And all I did was just looked on uh, on, on LinkedIn to see, you know, who I have, uh, you know, locally that I could reach out to, you know, in my my general area. And in that first email, I simply introduced myself. I say, hey, I'm Joshua. This, you know, I, I offer, um, and I do copywriting, and I offer solutions you know, to companies who are struggling with digital marketing and setting up campaigns that convert. And I've realized that we, you and I, we, we have a similar or a similar target market, right? We serve the same sort of people. And I noticed from your, your website, I noticed from you know even your LinkedIn page that you have some phenomenal testimonials and recommendations, and you do good work for your people, right? So it's a little bit of the massaging of uh, massaging of the ego there. Sure, sure. That positions me as a peer, not somebody who's approaching them who's all being needy and going to be start begging for clients. Right. I, w- I want to be seen as a trusted expert and authority in my own niche. So that way I'm reaching out with kind of a, a friendly handshake via email. So to close out the email, I would simply mention when I'm working with my clientele, I'm noticing these problems that that, you know, challenges that they're having that's causing a dent in their their finances and and their accounting. And, and I'll actually include in that email three or four direct quotes from clients describing their their frustrations. Like, you know, I've got the new website, we're doing the SEO, we're running the AdWords, but people just aren't clicking. 
You know, we spent we spent all this money funneling you know ads on social media, but we're just not we're just not connecting with people. Where's the emotional connection, right? So I would include those sorts of quotes in the email, and I would just mention: Are these sorts of frustrations on the radar of your clients? Are you hearing from your clients that you know when you're doing their you know the end of your taxes or you're having them into the office? Are you hearing from them some frustrations they're expressing about their marketing? And every single instance where I I did this first outreach, Nick. They all said yes, absolutely. We're not not a week goes by where we're not hearing somebody complain about marketing. <laughs> okay, okay. So it's not me asking, "Hey, can I come into your office and pitch my services?" I'm focusing on offering value first. So it's just merely kind of an exploratory mission. This first, uh, this first communicate. Yeah, a little like fact, a uh, little uh, a little feeler. Yeah, introductory email, and then kind of you leave it a little open ended. Like, hey, are are you hearing what I'm hearing out there? You know, in the real world, you know, people are frustrated. Okay, and so get get them to say yes, or try and start a conversation that way. Exactly. It's very it's very informal. It's not being super super aggressive in pitching, and it's also not using corporate speak. I'm just being one human talking to another, saying, like you said, are you hearing what I'm hearing out there? So after that that first email, three of four times I got back, yes, absolutely, we're hearing this. What we know, what what potential for collaboration do you think there is? Because I kind of mentioned that in in the first email to close it out, like, hey, if if you know that there is a problem, then I think there might be a collaboration given that we both serve the same target market, we serve them well. In the second one, if they've messaged back or we've got on the phone and they said, absolutely, this is a this is a concern we're seeing. What do you have in mind? That's when I just mentioned. You know, given given that this is in fact a, a problem, what I would like to do because it is such an issue for my own clients, I want to get the word out about some very simple, uh, easy, and even for free tips and tactics that business owners can start implementing immediately to start turning around their marketing, start infuse that emotionally compelling copy into their ads, into their online presence. Just basically saying to potential host of this uh, of this event that I want to do this for free to add value because I'm seeing such phenomenal transformation in my own clients. So I will happily drop a couple of uh, just short case studies or testimonials from happy clients of mine describing the transformation I got them. So I'm I'm demonstrating to the potential host that they're, they would not be bringing in some rookie who doesn't know what they're talking about. You know, even, even though I'm not, you know, I don't have 30 years of experience, I don't have multiple master's degrees and this or that, and I don't have necessarily the credentials of a lot of the top competitors, that doesn't matter because the clientele I'm serving, they're not laying awake, like I said, they're not laying awake in the middle of the night, hoping that somebody with solid credentials, multiple master's degrees and 30 years of experience is going to show up on the doorstep. What they're thinking about is how do I solve my problem? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And so you're kind of trying to build trust any way you can. Like, so if you don't have, you know, the the entire you know, Rolodex of clients, like you have, you have something you could share to, you know, build your credibility here with this, with this potential host. Exactly. Exactly. So in this, the second email where I'm just mentioning a couple of, a uh, couple of testimonials, I'm also mentioning three or four power bullet points where I'm saying, if we set up an event together, uh, again, not not making it the super big thing where I'm expecting a bunch of effort and money spent on their end. But it's still like a hypothetical thing. Like if we were to do this. Exactly. exactly. If we were to collaborate on, on an event, do you think these, you know, that these three or four bullets would be of interest to them that they would want to attend this event and, and learn about these things? What would be an example of one of those bullet points? When I want to put on this, this event for people, I want the attendees to actually walk away, whether they hire me or not. I want them to walk away 
away with some practical tips and things they can implement right away in their marketing to start seeing a, a turnaround because quick wins obviously you know build trust and one of those ones that i wanted to to bring up in my presentation later on is how to infuse testimonials case studies and success stories into advertisements and digital marketing so one of the bullet points was how to use past customers own words to generate leads okay so it's like they are a captive audience to me because i'm going to tell them how to get what they want using my method which when it comes time to deliver the actual presentation that is exactly what cultivates desire for your services is when you show how what you do you know your expertise gets them what they want so i'm more than happy to drop a few solid tactics and tips in the presentation itself so that the people there are like, absolutely, we can go ahead and just and, and take these right into our business. But man, we got to know more because this is so cool. For sure. So now you send this, you know, bullet points, say, do these sound, if we, if like, hypothetically, if we were to collaborate on an event, would these topics sound interesting to your clients? Or like, what do you think? Like, is that kind of the next step? You're just trying to look for an affirmative response from the accountant at this point? Exactly. Yes. And I will also ask an open-ended question in that, in that second communique, like, are there any other, uh, are there any other concerns related to marketing that you're, that you're hearing from, from your clientele? Just because I want to make sure that they feel like they're part of the process rather than saying, here is the presentation that I want to deliver at your place of business. You know, it's just kind of keeping it conversational and say, hey, is there any, any other things that you think would be particularly valuable to, to your clientele? And of course, you know, they love to add, uh, add a couple suggestions, recommendations, so they feel like it's, it's theirs too. The frame of mind that I had going into this is that I want this to be a win, win, win. So that means it's a win, obviously, for my potential host's clientele because they get some some quick tips and tactics that they can take right back in their business to start seeing some some improvement, start to get that that transformation in solving their problems. It's a win for me, obviously, because I'm in the position to be able to showcase my expertise. And most importantly, it is a win for the host. Because what they get to do is they get to reach back out to their book of customers, their list of clientele, and say, hey, we have been thinking about you. We know that while we take care of you know, accounting or bookkeeping or whatever their services, we have been listening to you. We've heard some of the frustrations expressed about marketing. So we are going to take care of you. And we're putting on this event. We're bringing in a subject matter expert who is going to help you get some answers. So it's a brand awareness and brand credibility activity where the host gets to, essentially, they get to market themselves as a trusted advisor for business owners, for their own clientele, and it gets their own customers back into their place of business. Yeah, I like it. Once I presented to the potential host some some ideas, essentially some how-tos, you know, some key takeaways that are going to be of value to their, um, you know, their book of clientele, their customers, then it's simply a matter of setting up some of some of the logistics, which is as simple as picking, you know, the time that uh, on the schedule that works for me and for the host, that means uh, setting aside a little budget of fifty bucks, <laughs> you know, to buy uh, to buy some some box lunches for people. And I had no okay. problem spending spending that money because if I were to put on this event myself and I was to not leverage the connections and to not leverage the the clientele of of someone else. That would be hundreds and hundreds of dollars on Facebook ads, on your local marketing, you know, doing canvassing, uh, brochures, emailing, all those sorts of things. So the, the the cost to me is considerably less if I'm 
you know, essentially setting up this kind of this joint venture with a potential host to get this event going on. So I had no problem, you know, footing the, the small bill for, for the lunches you know, compared to what I would have had to have paid if I'm doing the, uh, the event myself. Yeah. So the host is putting up like their conference room or, you know, something at their office and they're inviting their, their client list. Or are you, I mean, did you like write, write, here's a sample email you could send out, like an invitation email. Exactly. That's exactly what I did. So in order to make it as easy for the host to get people to want to attend, I did go ahead and write uh, the email invitation. So as, as a freelancer, as a service provider, I want my services to be excruciatingly relevant to the, the target market that I'm eventually going to have as a captive audience to essentially pitch my services to. So to become relevant to them, I wrote this uh, email script where I'm starting out by focusing on the problem. So I'm writing it as if I am the host themselves. So I'm kind of writing the email script, the invitation that the host would, would send out to their people. So I started it off very simply because I'm focusing my presentation on, on dealing with some of the marketing challenges that their clientele are having. I started out very simply, it's no secret, Marketing is hard. You know, if you're like a lot of my business owner clients, then, you know, uh, direct response marketing and digital marketing are some things you're regularly doing to try to generate more leads. But how often, you know, do we do we hear some complaints like these? And then in the email script, actually including a couple of direct quotes from business owner clients of mine, describing some of their top marketing challenges, frustrations, you know, just very short sentences, couple phrases. And then after this bullet saying, if any of these frustrations and challenges are on your radar, then I'd like to invite you to this event. We're bringing out the subject matter expert who's going to help you get X, Y, and Z. You know, and, and what I do there is recycle the bullets that I sent to the host in the second email. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to do this, how to do that, how to improve. Like basically how to kind of get some improvements in their problems and get them okay. marching towards their goal. So it's not it's not uh, <laughs> it's not rocket science, it's not you have to whip out copywriting textbooks. It's just merely thinking, what's going to get the attention yeah. of somebody who has has a problem. Well, it's going to be somebody that they respect, that is the host, my non-competing service provider. It's going to be that person reaching out to them saying, look, these are some problems we're seeing in the marketplace, some some top concerns, and I'm going to do my part to help you solve them. Are you in? Yeah. What what kind of response rate or what kind of uh, attendance rate did you see for these these first couple of events? At the, the first event, we, we had a, a capacity of, I think, maybe 10 people in the, the conference room. It was a, it was a small meeting room, yeah. but we got 12, 13, 14 people, and the, the first one pack in the house. Standing room only. And there were people that called back after that. So we had to put on put on another another event. And there was about about 15 people at that one. And then as you know, I got better at kind of tweaking the invitation script and making it a smoother process, we went to about 20 people and then 30 people at the, the fourth event. And that's a great thing about wow. this is if you do it successfully once, you can just do it multiple times with multiple non-competing service providers in the in the area. Yeah, I mean, it's really similar to kind of the webinar strategy that you see online of like, oh, I'm going to tap into somebody else's audience. It's got to be a win-win-win. 
and get you, I mean, you've, you're, you're already positioned as now the trusted expert in, in everyone's mind before you even open your mouth. Um, really, you've kind of been, you know, warmly introduced by somebody that these prospects, these potential clients, like have already trusted with, with their business, with their money. And uh, it makes, this makes a lot of sense. So tell me about the presentation itself, how you got, you know, you got a dozen people in the room and, and the floor is yours. What happens next? So there's four sections to the, the presentation. So in the first section, you know, each of them about 10 minutes. So I, I do want to leave some time for questions at the end. And again, this, this isn't your traditional entrepreneurial sort of event that we see talked about a lot on, on social media, where there's thousands of people showing up and you have to have logistics in place and you got 10 employees working the floor and you got cameramen and all this all this stuff um this is this is just very very informal compared to that and it's easy to to set up so um to get to the the presentation four sections 10 minutes each the first section i'm wanting to agitate people Right. So, so the folks that are there, they're there because it's like, okay, I've, I've got some of these, these problems. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm wanting some, some answers. So what I want to do in that, in that first section of the presentation is I want to get them feeling the pain of their challenges and realizing that, wow, you know, I, this really is a big problem. So what I do is I just put a few of those uh, of those quotes from past clients, kind of describing their problems, put them up on the on the slide, and I spend the first about ten minutes talking through exactly what some of the the challenges are. So I have some of those up on the slides. I'm saying, who here can relate to these? You know, raise your hand. And okay. every single time, at least half the room raises their hand. I remember the first time I did this, one guy is just kind of keel. He's he's keeling over his his little uh, turkey sandwich. He, he's shaking his head. And I'm like, are you okay, sir? And he he just starts wagging his finger at my PowerPoint slide, and he says, every single one of those. I have been trying to fix for the last six months. <laughs> you know, there, there are you know challenges with marketing and trouble converting and problems with lead generation, th- those sorts of things. And okay. I'm just spending that time asking people. So, what are some other things that you're seeing out there? What are some of your other frustrations re- related to this? So, I'm kind of keeping it conversational. Sure. So, I'm not relying on myself to produce ten rock solid minutes of of content in that that first section. Yeah. So, as we spend the first ten minutes, just kind of talking through what some of the challenges are. The second 10 minutes is where I want to position myself as the go-to expert, that, that trusted advisor. So to do that, I focus on explaining why they have the problem, you know, why their, their lead generation isn't, isn't working, why their, their ads are falling flat and they're not emotionally compelling. So because the focus is on, is on generating leads and on using copy to increase sales, that's, that's kind of the focus of this event. Mm-hmm. I utilize some industry statistics to help explain why they're having this problem. So one of the ones that I, I whipped out is the market research reports from Ultimate Sales Machine written by Chet Holmes, where he describes that at any given time in a target market, only 3% of people are actively looking to buy what you're selling. The, the other 97%, they have an unsolved problem, an unachieved goal that your service or your product would solve. But they just haven't made the connection between the features you offer and the benefits they want. So I, I got this up on the slide. And I'm just kind of talking through this. And people's eyebrows are jumping off their forehead. And they're saying, 
So that's why our marketing is not converting. It's all about us. Our ads are falling flat and, and they're not resonating because we're just talking about ourselves. We got to be emotionally compelling. We got to talk to the, we got to speak to the need. So I'm, I'm kind of working people up to a, a fever pitch here in, this, <laughs> okay. in the second stage by explaining why they have the problem. It's like I'm the trusted physician with the x-ray results saying, okay, your knee hurts because your, your, your patella is busted right down the middle. You got a crack in it. Sure. You know, and contrast that with, with a lot of uh, online online job boards where you're sending in a, a proposal to a project that you know you're perfect for, but there's 14 people ahead of you who already are sending proposals in. Even if you have the best pitch in the world, you may not even, you may not even be seen or, or noticed. But in this case, before I say anything about my services at the end, they're already seeing me as the go-to freelancer of my niche, of, of, of what it is that they want. Yeah. So in the third stage of the presentation, the you know, we're going up to between the 20, 30-minute mark, what I'm doing is I'm giving them some tips saying, okay, here are the challenges, here's the problems. And here is, here's why you have those problems. Here's why you have those challenges using some statistics and then saying, here's how people in the marketplace, businesses like yours are solving these problems right now. And of course, what do you think I did? I use my own case studies and my own clients' testimonials <laughs> and my own portfolio to give them some of those tips. Like, all right, you know, here's how this, this business owner is using testimonials on their homepage website to increase their opt-ins for their newsletter. You know, here is an example of a, of a brochure, of a landing page. I'm, I'm giving some practical examples in some steps to say, here's how you can do this in your business too. So I am getting them excited about my portfolio. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're like, you're genuinely, you know, helping them, but you're also like, here's somebody I worked with down the street who we did this for, you know, so it's kind of like a subtle way to introduce your service. Exactly, exactly. And I'm, I'm kind of packaging it in this value add. So I have in front of me, not 10 people who are crossing their arms being like, mm-hmm, going on pitching your services, huh? Right. I've got 10, 15 people who are whipping out their notepads and their, and their smartphones, taking notes and looking up at me, looking at the, the PowerPoint slide of something from my portfolio, just scribbling notes and asking questions. So, And when people are, are seeing it in action, when they're seeing how other businesses are you know, using testimonials properly, they're, they're speaking to the need, they're addressing that 97% in their marketing, as I was showing them. I am giving them some tips right there in the presentation saying, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. And there were, there were people who took the stuff right back to their offices and implemented it by the end of the afternoon. That's awesome. So going into the fourth stage, there's not much else I really have to do to get people to raise their hand and say, can I have a meeting with you? Can you come to our office and talk about hiring you? <laughs> there's, there's not much I have to do at that stage. Because I'm showing this, this group of people, not just here are other businesses who are, who are solving some of the challenges you are, not just here is exactly what they're doing to solve those challenges, but because I'm using my own testimonials and case studies, Nick, what I get to do is I get to say, and here's how I help my clients get them where they want to be. Here is how much their open rates increased by. Here's how much their sales increased by. You know, I had, I had one case study where I showed how utilizing testimonials and, and marketing doubled a client sales in two weeks. And they got revenue soaring 80% six months into the campaign I designed for them. So in the fourth stage, I mention the results that my clients were able to achieve by following these principles and these tips that I'm giving people right there in the room. 
I'm showing that my services are field tested, that I know what I'm talking about, and that I am the go-to freelancer to solve these problems and, and achieve these goals. So after, in that, in that fourth stage of the presentation, after I showed them the results, all I have to do to really close out the presentation, all I have to do is say, you know, these results that we're going over, if these are the sorts of goals you'd like to see met in your business, these sort of the sort of benchmarks you'd like to see and, and solve these problems, let's get together and have a conversation about that. See, very informal, not not official, like, okay, it's time for the sales pitch. I remember in the first, the, the first one of these we did, I had <laughs> I had this little line of people waiting for me as soon as I got on the presentation, lining up saying, Okay, here's my calendar. Here's my smartphone. Let's put another time for you to come by the office. We got to talk about this. Yeah, when could you come over? Dude, that's awesome. That's just super smart. That's really cool. Now, tell me about those follow-up meetings. How did those go? And what do you say when you show up to their office? Well, I'm meeting there with, you know, with, these, with these people who attended the event. And they're, they're curious about learning more, not just about what I do, but about how they can solve their, their marketing and their advertising challenges. I start immediately the way I started with the presentation, which is, okay, let's go over some of your challenges. What brought you to the event in the first place? Right? I'm just asking informal questions like that. What did you really take away from the event? What tips and tactics I share with you are ones you really wanted to start implementing immediately and why? So it's just very conversational and they're doing the majority of the talking. All they have to do is answer these questions. And that allows them to remind themselves why their problems are worth paying for to solve. So it very much is following the you know consultative selling 101. Yeah. As they're explaining some of their, their challenges about, oh, you know, we, 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 we hired this designer. We're spending all this, this money on this new campaign. We're not seeing any click-throughs. What's the problem? I'm able to kind of go over some of that some of that with them. And as we're identifying the challenges, what I then want to ask them is, you have these challenges. What does your future look like when you've solved the challenges? You know, you have these obstacles because that means you're working towards something. What are you what are you working for? What are the goals for your marketing advertising? That is utilizing the neurolinguistic programming trigger of future pacing, where I am walking my, my potential client into the future where their challenges are solved and they have achieved their goals. Okay. You know, I, again, using open-ended question, tell me about how your marketing is converting. What's it doing for you and your business once you've got these challenges solved? So they're just saying, oh, you know, we would have X number of, of new leads. We would be seeing this type of market resonating with our message. We would be having our sales team performing at this percentage increase, those sorts of things, right? So I am having my client essentially pitch themselves on my services. So here's, here's how I do that. And this is transitioning into the last part of the conversation in the follow-up meeting with people attended the event. And this is after they've explained what their challenges are, how they want to solve them, and what their goals are, I say, so if I could demonstrate a process to you, if I could show you a path where you solve ABC challenges and you achieve XYZ goals, and I'm using their own words in that phrase, right? Yeah. If, I could, if I could demonstrate a process to you whereby we do that, is that something you'd be interested in taking a look at? Now, what I really said was, can I write you a proposal? Yeah. <laughs> but what they heard is, this guy wants to help me get what I want. Well, yeah, I want to know about that. Yeah, I want to hear about that. And so then you go back to your workshop and you can, can drop the proposal based on everything they told you. 
Exactly, exactly. So in in the proposal, again, it's following the very similar very similar path that the conversation and the presentation did. Where in the first section, I'm just reminding them of what some of their challenges are. I'm saying, you know, you know, you attended the event for these reasons, you got this out of it, and I'm quoting them in the first part of the proposal, reminding them why they had this deed in the first place. And then it's saying, okay, so you have, you know, ABC challenges in your advertising. It's not converting for three, you know, these reasons. You've been trying this new uh, website tactic for opt-ins and whatnot. So given that these are your goals, here are the services I can offer you that line up perfectly with what you want. So what I'm not doing is offering generic copywriting, you know, oh, you can pay me X number of dollars an hour and I'll do copywriting for you. That's, that's not specific enough because they're not thinking in their minds, I want to pay somebody to do copywriting for me. They're thinking, I have to solve this problem. I got to achieve these goals. Yeah. So that's how I craft my proposal is saying these services, you know, producing X amount of content, producing Y amount of you know, lead magnets and lead generation tools and this amount of, of monthly support in these endeavors, that is going to lead to what it is that you want. So I'm, again, very much following the consultative selling process where they've explained their challenges, they've explained their unachieved goals. And all I'm doing is I'm mirroring that by saying, given that those are your problems, here's how we can solve that. Given that these are your unachieved goals, here's how we can achieve those goals for you. Yeah. So from their perspective, they feel like I am the only person for them. They're not even thinking about, well, maybe I got to talk to another copywriter first. They're saying, where do I sign? You know, <laughs> how, how does this work? Where's the contract? Those, those sorts of things. Now, it doesn't always work exactly in, in my favor, you know, because sometimes, you know, there's either a you know, budgetary concern or it's just yeah. not the best fit. But I'm not having to waste a ton of time doing like one one event where I'm talking to one person at a time because I had 10, 15, 20 people in a room. It's easy to go to the first person, second person, third person, fourth person, fifth person. And I don't feel that pressure like, oh, man, I really got to close this person because where's the next lead coming from? I kind of have built up a pipeline of leads waiting for me so I can just go one from one to the next to the next to the next to the next. And it's definitely a lead generation strategy, not just freelance, but we'll, we'll call ourselves problem solvers for hire. In the first run of, of me following this exact strategy that I just I know shared with you, Nick, I've generated $9,700, $9,800, uh, somewhere in wow. there, almost 10K from this repeat strategy of focusing on what the problem is, connecting to a non-competing service provider who knew people who had that problem and then presenting the solution to them. I love it. I love it, Joshua. That's awesome. Almost 10 grand from from this little tactic just in the past few months and something that's repeatable and something that pretty much anyone can go and implement. You say, hey, I did it during my lunch break. I did it, you know, you could do it during lunch, you do it during after hours, perfect for side hustlers. Um, Joshua, this is this is awesome. So thank you for, for joining me. Check Definitely check out his stuff, um, beyondfreelance.com and also become the go-to freelancer.com. He's got a really cool cheat sheet uh, with resources on what he calls the trusted expert asset method going even deeper into some of the stuff that we talked about uh, today and positioning yourself as that trusted expert. Um, so Joshua, let's, uh, let's bring us home. Wrap, let's wrap this thing up with your uh, number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. When you think about your skill, I don't care if it's ghostwriting or editing or web development or walking the neighbor's dogs, you know, whatever, whatever your skill is, think about your skill in terms of the problems it solves and the goals it, you know, it achieves. And it can be as, you know, you can do this as simple as getting a piece of paper and writing an, 
you know, setting two columns and the left-hand column, writing down each, each of your skills. So to follow the example of copywriting, maybe it's writing sales pages. Maybe it's writing email subject lines, writing headlines for, for products, writing product descriptions. Okay. You know, each of those is kind of its, its own skill. So then go to the other column and ask yourself, what goal does writing good email subject lines meet? What, what problem does that solve? And, and think about it from the client's perspective. What that allows you to do is to begin positioning your offer as the go-to solution for your target market. Because you're not just one of 100 people trying to get the same client, like what happens often, what happens often on the job boards. You are someone who is offering a what, what feels like a custom, tailor-made solution to a target market who desperately needs that problem solved or that goal achieved. I love it, man. Joshua, this is awesome. Thank you so much. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks. Many side hustlers and freelancers turn to FreshBooks, as I did, for invoicing capability, but there's a lot more under the hood of this cloud accounting service. For example, when you log in, you'll notice the FreshBooks dashboard has been curated to answer the one burning question for any small business owner. How's my business doing? What's been paid? What's overdue? Am I actually making any money? If you have any questions whatsoever, FreshBooks award-winning customer service is amazingly helpful, super friendly, and has zero attitude. Plus, a real-life person usually answers in three rings or less. It was only one ring when I tested that claim myself. On top of that, FreshBooks automates late payment email reminders so you can spend less time chasing payments and more time working your hustle. With mobile expense tracking, you can take pictures of receipts on your phone using FreshBooks iOS mobile app and make claiming your expenses about a million times easier. And with their built-in time tracking tool, you'll always have a clear picture of how much time you're spending on a project so you can calculate your true hourly rate and, if necessary, adjust your quote for next time. Now, here's the deal. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial for Side Hustle Show listeners. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com slash side hustle or enter the Side Hustle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle for your free 30-day trial. All right. So my top takeaways from this call with Joshua, I think this is a super smart strategy. So takeaway number one, figure out who your target customers are already doing business with. If you're targeting small business owners like Joshua, accountants and CPA firms seem like a pretty smart fit for a non-competing service advisor. And the good news is they uh, they exist in every city on on the earth. So that would be a good one. Now, takeaway number two, find common ground. You live in the same city, you went to the same college, you serve the same clients, whatever it is, but you're positioning yourself as a peer. You're a fellow entrepreneur, you're a fellow small business owner, and that's why you can uh, you've earned the right to kind of communicate on the same level as these business owners that you're reaching out to. Takeaway number three, make it an easy yes. Make it an easy yes. So every step of the way, Joshua is guiding people down the path he wants them to take, but there's never a big out of the blue ask. So it started with, hey, are are you hearing the same challenges from your clients as I'm hearing from mine? Yes. If we were to collaborate on a workshop that answered X, Y, and Z, do you think your clients would find that valuable? Yes. And just on and on and on up this chain until he's got a signed contract. So it's very smooth, very subtle, and never has to be super salesy. So I, I just really like that. So 
Uh, be sure to hit up sidehustlenation.com slash OPA, OPA for other people's audiences to download the free PDF with all of Joshua's top tips from this conversation. When you implement it, when you take action on this, leave me a comment on this episode. Let me know how it goes. Really curious to hear what happens out there inside Hustle Nation when, uh, when people get their hands on this. So thank you so much for listening. Until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show, where you're going to meet a mom of four who is absolutely destroying it with recurring revenue from her food blog. I'll see you then. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com. 